Thank you for being here. Those online, thank you for joining us. Um, we are indeed pressing on and pushing in prayer as we hurdle through uh, the end of this month towards the elections. Uh, our platform, our foundation, our goals are not hidden. Uh, they're not obscure. Uh, we are crying out uh, on a platform of pro-life up and down the ballot. Uh, we're crying out for uh, a platform that promotes uh, the values of our faith, our morality, uh, those doctrines that are important to us. They're not just uh, religious, they're not political, they're foundational to our faith. And uh, this is a time when we must stand with those as a precedent to lay some groundwork for us this evening. I'd like to refer to uh, what it means to taking ground in the kingdom of God and standing that ground. Uh, in the past few years uh, for this country, uh, we've been able to take some ground. And when I say we, we understand that all the glory goes to God. Everything is of God. God uses people, um, not necessarily uh, people that are perfect. In fact, God seems to use more imperfect people, at least in the eyes of some than others. And uh, in this instance, we see a tremendous uh, battle going on, a spiritual battle, a political battle, a social battle. Um, one that has a lot of strife, a lot of anxiety here in our country and in the body of Christ. Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody last night when they were attempting to define and understand where the factions are in the body of Christ. And I stepped him back another step and said, in my perception, the first requirement is, do we really understand who the body of Christ is? And I think that uh, our eyes are opening more and more that it's not as vast and it's not as inclusive and it's not as um, uh, uh, compromised as some would have it to believe. Uh, I believe we're at a time in our lives and as we prepare for the coming of the Lord, that we need to quit compromising the Word of God to fit people's perceptions of what they want to be as a Christian. Uh, I, myself, I don't have a choice um, who I want to be as a Christian. Now, when I say I'm not giving up my identity, what I am saying is the Word of God, my conscience, the Holy Spirit, and the law of God the written law of God, the unwritten law of God, the law that's in our hearts, dictates for me who I must be. Now my choice is, do I obey who I must be? And so where there's a gray line, where we sit today in a fractured, if you will say, a body of Christ, not only in this nation, but even in the world, is in trying to assess you know, how, is, how are we in the body of Christ, but yet accepting lawlessness and disobedience to God? 
The word of God is very clear about that. Such shall not see the kingdom of God. And so we don't judge who's going to see and not see, but we do decide who we're going to walk with and who we're not going to walk with. We do decide what's right of God and what's not right of God according to those doctrines, those immutable doctrines of God. And so here we find ourselves in a situation here in this country where there's intense division. And the division is along all kind of different lines. And the one that's most disheartening is when it comes down along the fractured lines of what we call the Ecclesia, the body of Christ, which comes under many different names um, from those who try to categorize, uh, quote unquote, those who have faith in Christ. Uh, one of the broadest terms is evangelicals. Uh, everybody's an evangelical. And then there's exclusions to evangelicals. Um, but then it comes down into subcategories. Evangelicals that are pro-life, evangelicals that are cut away and believe in the fallacy of a woman's right to choose whether a child lives or dies because it's part of her reproductive rights is the way it's been changed. And that goes further on to choosing um, our genders. There are some included in the body of Christ who adhere to male and female, um, man and woman, and there's others who defer to male and male, female and female, and I don't know if you saw it, but of course, again, I knew that would happen. I was taken out of context by the media the last couple days, and they had a, a blast with me um, cautioning that the perversion that's within the country right now as pertains to gender and as pertains to, let's face it, even to some places now glorifying pedophile uh, relationships, um, that we're just a step away from animalism. And we're just a step away to where, and I made a, I said this sounds laughable, but to where somebody could say they married a cow and have perverse sex with them, and that's their right. Of course, they ran with that, and I even said, I know you will. Um, and, and, and yes, that almost sounds obscene, and it sounds, it does sound obscene, it sounds far-fetched, but if we were to think about where we are today and where we were eight years ago, we wouldn't believe where we are today. And that's how fast it's going, and that's the sickness. And then we have a division, uh, a lot of division. So what the Lord has put in my heart, and I'm praying about, and, and, and I want to ask us to pray and declare, is that we understand what it means to take ground in the kingdom of God and to hold ground, to stand ground in the kingdom of God. To take ground in the kingdom of God um, we have to be active. We have to do something. We don't take ground by just warming uh, seats in church, by being part of prayer groups that are bless me parties to everybody and everything. Um, yes, it's about souls, but it's not about souls at the extent of souls. Hear what I say. It's not about souls at the extent of souls. 
Isn't it sad that the last thing any of us want to hear is that we participated in, in a church or in a ministry or in promotions or in uh, love fests of Christian grace that saved people into sin? Wouldn't that be sad? Wouldn't it be sad to invite them into a situation and into a congregation and a fellowship that basically says, you know, we understand who you are. You have the right to be who you are. Of course, Jesus loves you. And uh, we're going to fellowship with you anyway at the altar. What's at stake is the fear of God. That's what's at stake. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And God is calling every one of us back to the fear of the Lord. And he's calling the body of Christ to the fear of the Lord. Some shall come, some shall not. That's what the word says. And um, I think about how David, who had just experienced great success, and here we are with some success in making some inroads to take back ground and being asked to stand. And in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, which begins one of his greatest problems and falls that ended up rocking his kingdom till the day he died when he fell into sin with Bathsheba. In verse 1 it says, And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time, at the time, at the time when kings go forth to battle, don't we love to say that our God has made us priests and kings unto the Lord? We love it. We love to be priests and kings unto the Lord. Kings go to battle. There's a time when kings go out to battle. And it came to pass after the year was expired that the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab. <laughs> David didn't go. David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbath. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And we know the rest. It led to murder. It led to betrayal. It led to adultery. It led to a quick fall. Because the king stood home and did not go out. The king did not stand. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14. We love Ephesians. We love to talk about putting on the whole armor of God. Sometimes prayed and other times not prayed in some environments. Why do warriors put on, put on armor? Just in case while they're staying home in their house, an arrow comes flying through the window and hits them? Or is it because they're vulnerable in the battlefield? Why do we put on the whole armor of God? See, we... We dilute that also. We dilute that to just being nothing more than a bathrobe and a nice towel when we come out of the shower. 
within the comfort level of our faith. When in essence, what it's really supposed to be is that we come out ready for battle. And we put on the armor of God because we need the armor of God for battle. What good is a sword if all you do is hang it on a wall and look at it and polish it once a year? What good is the word of God if we don't attack with it and we don't defend with it? What good is a shield if the only thing that we're really deflecting with it is our own fears? So God is calling his people to a a high level and he's calling us right now. It's not comfortable for some. It's not comfortable. There's nothing comfortable about war. There's nothing glorious about war. War has fatalities. War has casualties. The reason you go to war is because you have to go to war. And I think God has really made it very clear to us that by even the the words of those who are walking in the hypocrisy of faith, who go to a mass, a church, a temple on Saturday or Sunday and declare Jesus Christ is Lord and then support the shedding of innocent blood of children on Monday. Do we have to know any more than that, that that's hypocrisy and that that person walks in hypocrisy? What else do we need to see? But yet, we find ourselves in an untenable position that we have to defend our faith based on political lines. Our faith isn't political. Our faith is based upon spiritual laws. And our spiritual laws supersede the politics. The politics don't supersede our political laws. So, standing ground, I really believe that we need to prepare our minds, our hearts, and the very practice of our faith for a more potent strategy in these days. November 4th, first of all, this election probably won't be over November 3rd, thanks to Chief Justice again. Said it back in 216, I say it again, he cannot be trusted. He's not a conservative. And so he did what he could right now to throw a good monkey wrench into the election. And um, it might have just gone over a lot of people's heads, but when he extended the law so that Pennsylvania can vote up through November 6th, he just changed the election date in probably what is perceived as the most critical state for this election right now. But I have good news for you. The Lord let me know that it wasn't going to be hinged on Pennsylvania. A couple years back, I made that public. And in the last couple weeks, he keeps telling me sleeper state, sleeper state, sleeper state. So we want to pray that that sleeper state emerges, both for the Senate and for the presidency and the executive basis. But God is calling us to prepare our minds um, for a, another kind of strategy. And this kind of strategy requires that we really find ourselves lifted high above and out of the smoke and confusion and chaos of the forces 
of the world that are working, albeit some merged with forces of the kingdom of evil. But if we don't, we'll stay in that confusion. We'll be bound up. We'll be caught in a trap of lack of understanding, lack of confidence, and even so of being critical of ourselves and each other and our own faith. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So in essence, we're looking for our mind to be sober. That word sober also means to be clear. We need clear minds. We need to, you cannot be double-minded and do battle in the kingdom of God. If you're not sure that you're a fierce warrior that stands against immorality, perverse sex, same-sex marriage, the killing of unborn children, disobedience of the law of God, if you're not sure of that, you'd best just stay home and do nothing, which is probably what you're doing anyway. Because if you're going out with a double mind, you're not getting a whole lot done anyway. You might feel good about it, but I'm not sure that you're taking any ground. Because as fast as you're taking it, you're giving it back because you're double-minded. I'm not speaking to anybody critically. I'm speaking generally. It's like an open letter to the body of Christ. And it's a, it's a message I speak to myself. If I'm unwilling to put myself out there, how can I expect to take anybody else out there? And I know when I do that I will take shots. And I know what I do that some of those who want to be kumbaya in the body of Christ will whisper nice things in my ear, but in the rest of the way they'll push away because I'm just a little too radical in faith. And so, back to Ephesians. After we read in, we know this, but we're going to say it anyways, because maybe it'll have more meaning to us when we realize that we're putting on the armor of God, not to be defensive, but to be in an offensive posture to take the kingdom, not to just preserve ourselves. How many of you have to admit that when you think about the armor of God, the first thought you have is about safeguarding myself? That's how I was taught. There was whole books about it. We were taught this is what we do to safeguard ourselves. Well, if you want to safeguard yourself, just don't do anything. That's the safest measure you can take, because if you're not doing anything, you're not a target to anybody. Right? The enemy could care less if you're the frozen chosen. He's not going to contend for your soul and fight the grace of God and try to determine what is the grace of God and what isn't the grace of God. He's too smart for that. He knows only God decides that. So when we do put on the Christian's armor, in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's all about power. It's all about power. It seems like every other sphere of influence that that has any kind of effect on us it understands power but as the body of christ we seem to be ashamed to admit power 
but it's about power. It's about the power of God and the power of the kingdom and the power of the body of Christ and the power of the voice of the body of Christ and the power of the actions of the body of Christ. A voice without actions is a tinkling bell. <laughs> it has no effect whatsoever. It's about power. Put in on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness, because we are earthly and human beings, manifests itself in spheres of influence here on this earth, in this nation, in our politics, and in people. Some people are instruments of wickedness in high places. We need to accept and understand that. It doesn't matter what they say, it matters what they do. And it matters what they don't do. What do they do that's the kingdom of God? What don't they do that they should be doing? Or they could do. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. So here we are, standing in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins, and here we go, girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So we understand that for us, it's about righteousness. It's about us not only saying that he was made sin who knew no sin, that you might, I might, we might be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. It's also about practicing righteousness. You cannot be righteous if you don't practice righteousness. Then all you're doing is trying to test the measure of the grace of God. And the measure of the grace of God is wonderful, but for the grace of God, there go I. But it's not only by the grace of God. It's also by my obedience. And obedience is better than sacrifice. So we understand that. We understand that we're in a time when intense challenges are being made to us. In that taking ground begins in our own heart and in our own mind, in our own actions. We must take ground and not yield. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the consequences are. No matter what the consequences are. And when I began ministry in 1980 and all the way through, Consistently, and I haven't changed my mind or my will, I have seen, declared, and expected there to be a great division within the body of Christ. It's getting wider and wider and wider. It's being drawn on some very strong lines that are deep. And in that sense, you find that forces that are not proclaiming Christ use that for their own gains and for their own manipulation. 
The reason why some people in the body of Christ attach to the wrong cause is because they feel led in their heart that we're people that should fight for the right cause. But fighting for the right cause doesn't mean to attach to any cause. So a, a cry for racial justice that also cries to destroy the, the, the fatherhood of our faith is the wrong cause. That's the most distinct example we have right now. The cry that says, I don't like somebody's personality, they're crude, they're rude, they're arrogant. So because of that, I'm going to choose somebody who would prefer that it's okay to kill babies, to have same-sex marriages. Do I need to go further? That's decisions that the body of Christ is making. I'm not, to, I'm not preaching to the world. The world doesn't listen to this. I'm preaching to the body of Christ. Knowing the price I pay as I do. Knowing that right now, for whatever reason, and I'm speaking to those of you who seem to write about me every day now, for some reason I'm hot in their kettle. So if I'm going to be hot in their kettle, I'm going to speak it just like it is. And let it fall where it falls. So what do we do? We got to take ground and we got to stand ground. We have got to not only push in the Hezekiah blast, we have got to push back the forces of evil and the enemy and the manifestations of the wicked in people. We need to be specific. We need to be specific. We need to understand that we've been put on a front line for a reason, and that's because we're supposed to not only stand, but we're supposed to be those who advance. If we're going to take the kingdom of God, we have to advance, not just stand. Standing is better than not doing anything at all. If the whole body of Christ would stand, it would be so easy to take one foot at a time, wouldn't it? But it is what it is. The good news is that God doesn't measure his victories by the quantity of people. He measures it by the quality of people. It's our responsibility to have righteousness quality and to call good good and evil evil, to know that what's dark and to know what's light and not to compromise between the two. And so if we're learning any lesson in this season that we're in, it's that this is just training <laughs> for what's going to get much worse. 2020 was like being taken to, to the woodshed and coming back out of the woodshed and you either decide to obey or to disobey. And a lot of things have been thrown at everybody. And isn't it amazing how some have responded and some have not? Isn't it amazing that there's a lot of conflict going on in the leadership of Christ about how to respond to crises. There should be no conflict about how to respond to a crisis. It's a five-letter word. It's called faith. That's how you respond to a crisis. Faith. If faith doesn't come from the top down, then the people shake.
A lot of people shaken in a lot of churches because there's lack of faith from the top down. That means there's people at the top that need to step down and let some of the people underneath them step up. Faith isn't a title. Faith doesn't come from seniority. Faith doesn't come from numbers. Faith doesn't come because of what you've done in the past. Faith has substance. And it's the things that are hoped for in the present, not in the past. And faith is victorious because it pleases God and because faith brings those things that are invisible into the visible. Without it, you're only fighting the invisible with fear and double-mindedness. So, that's where we stand, that's where we are. We need to go forward. A heart that has conviction of righteousness should make us conscious of who we are in Christ. Let's just look for a moment in John chapter 16, starting in verse 8. And when he has come, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So, we understand that one of the major functions of the Holy Spirit. Why Christ said, it's good that I leave, that you just don't rely on me in the flesh here, even in the resurrected spirit, but I go because there's a power of righteousness that's going to be released upon those who believe in me. We need to embrace our righteousness, not arrogantly, not flaunting it as if we are perfect people. We're human. We have a lot of imperfections. We will never stand up to the measure of everybody's expectations. And the more you're out there, the more fault people will find in you, whether you deserve it or not. But what we are is the righteousness of God in Christ. And as the righteousness of God in Christ, if we're going to stand in a dark world, we must be able to stand in that righteousness. And we cannot stand in that righteousness if we are double-minded in our own heart, our own mind, in our own spirit, our own prayers, and our own actions. We're not supposed to go in to the place where we compromise ourselves. We're supposed to come out of that place where we compromise ourselves. We're not supposed to engage in those conversations of debating compromise. We're supposed to, re to declare the word of the Lord. We don't engage in debate. We engage in the word of the Lord. And we stand strong in it. I could go on and on and it wouldn't leave us any more time to pray. And I do want us to pray some. Um, it's a choice we have to make for ourselves. A choice that 
we're going to take that position. And to be able to do it with peace, you have to be able to shake off the trouble of your own heart with the world system and be able to come to a conclusion in a state that you're not really trying to be loved by the world. <laughs> if your measure and your goal is acceptance in the world, then, you know, you'd do much better to take some motivational classes and learn how to win people over than you would be to be a warrior in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not going to win people over as a warrior in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to win souls. And you're going to take ground. And you're going to stand ground. That's what we're going to do. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we haven't come here, Lord, in a defensive posture. We haven't come here, Father, to say our noses are bloodied, we're tired, we're weary, we're faint. We've come here, Father, and said that, yes, the child has come to birth and we needed strength, but you have said, Father, I will strengthen you in the zeal of my fury. So, Father, pour out your fury. Pour it out, Lord. Strengthen according to your zeal. Us, strengthen the front lines of the body of Christ. Strengthen the front lines of the Gideon army of the body of Christ that is saying, I'm going to stand, and then I'm going to stand, and then I'm going to stand, and I'm going to advance in the areas that you've given me to advance. In the name of Jesus, Father, we ask you now to go before us and with us. We ask you as the captain of the Lord of hosts to do what you will do, Father. We cannot tell you how to conduct a, a spiritual war, Father. You know how to do it, Lord. And Father, forgive us for so many times trying to be those that conduct spiritual warfare when really what we are are the warriors and you're the captain. We ask you, Lord God, to go before us. Send your mighty hosts, if you will, with flaming swords. Beat back. Send confusion and division and derision into the enemy's camp. Scatter the enemy, Father. Have them run out of their shoes and leave their weapons on the battleground. Let them leave their treasures and run for the fear of the Lord. In Jesus' name, Father. We fight back, Lord, all of those that, that have conspired and come together in high places and wickedness that conspire, Lord, with the different spheres of influence that they drive from. Even themselves wondering, how is it that they even come to the same fight, the same conclusion against the will of God? But Father, you know how, and we know the enemy, and we know the wicked one. And in Jesus' name, the Lord rebuke you. We ask you, Father, to fight back, to push back. We ask you, Lord, to send forth and do what you shall do. We send the word of the Lord before us, and we say, Father, once again, we declare, Father, this is for the sake of your own name, Lord God. We are the inheritance of your name. We are the people who wear your name. We are the people who have your name. We are blood-bought, Father. And in Jesus' name, we ask you for your name's sake, Lord, not to allow us, Father, to slip back, to lose ground, but, Father, to gain ground and to go further. And we ask for more time. And, Lord, as we have repented, we repent some more and say, Lord, forgive us for, for having allowed to, to lose ground that you had given us and the indifference of some. Some indifferent, Lord, that are even now concerned about how they think they are going to recover, 
how they're going to be able to go forward after an election that they don't think is going to be the right results instead of standing firm and saying no election is going to determine what my God is or my God is not. And that, Father, we believe we're more than conquerors. We believe, Lord God, that justice shall be served. We believe, Father, that we will have more time, more time to get more done, and that there will be a new fervor and a new will within the people of God. And, Father, we'll begin to pray about beyond this moment as we get closer to this moment. But let it suffice to say, O Lord, that let there be a healing within the schism of the body of Christ. And, Father, we would pray that instead of there being more abject in standing outside in the leper's camp of the body of Christ, that there be more that are healed and come in within the camp, Father, without the spots, without the leprosy, without the disease, Lord God of sin or perversion or disobedience or lawlessness. Father, we, we speak against lawlessness. We speak against chaos. We speak against disorder. We speak against injustice of every kind, Lord God, except the justice that comes with the kingdom of God and your morality and your law, Lord God. And we ask you, Father, to let it be firm and to let it be true. And we ask you, Lord God, that you will strengthen those that are in the spheres of influence and, and strengthen their, their, their legs, strengthen their arms, strengthen their minds, give them energy. Give energy, Lord, to, to the president even now as he's campaigning and at the same time governing. Give it to his aides. Give it to his advisors. Give it, Father, to all those around him, Lord God. Father, we ask you, Lord, to put a, a, a glee and hope and stamina and a zeal into the different states and the different governments and the different senators, Lord God. Father, already, already those, Father God, that would want to distort and change things quickly, very quickly, Lord, they're already planning, Father, transition teams for the presidency and for different senates. They're already planning laws to try to bring forth through the House to the Senate to the presidency, Lord, to immediately change things to make an impact that's significant in just 24 hours on January 21st, Lord God. You hear them, Father. You see them, Lord. They're conspiring, Lord, and they're not conspiring, Father, for your justice. They're conspiring, Father, for a human justice, an injustice, Lord. You hear them, Father. Let their words echo into the camp of your, in the throne room, Father, and we ask you, Lord, to withstand and send back your arrows, Lord God, to stop those things at their source in Jesus' name. Father, we do pray for the souls and the revival of those, Lord God, who are ignorant of you, and even of those who willfully, willfully stand against you in your law, Father. Of course we pray for them, Lord God. We pray for mercy and grace and light to come into their hearts and their lives. And even if it's their children speaking truth to them, even if it's in dreams, Father, as you're doing in other parts of the world, Father, as you're doing, Father, in some of the states that, that don't even know you and don't even declare you as a God, Father, you can do that here. Do it, Lord. Do it, Father. Do it, Lord. And Father, we pray for more truth to come out of the dark. Father, you had us declare a meltdown. Father, don't let the meltdown follow short. Keep going with it, Lord. And Father, you, you've been telling me over and over about a sleeper state. Father, we just pray whatever that is and however it's going, Lord, 
If it's your desire, Lord, to keep it in clandestine and you do it as you want, Father, but we pray that it comes forth and that this is a secret weapon that you've, you've prepared and that you've held and a people that you've called, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for strengthening and we pray, Father, that the forces of man with money and might and with conspiracy and with threatening and with fear and intimidation that, Father, that they will not move against the plan that you've already purposed, Father. Father, we ask you, Lord, to, to let the final stages of your blast come and come soon, Lord God, and to show it. Show it to the world, Father. For, Father, you know your timing is perfect. In our timing, Lord, we always think it's too late and too, too short, but, Father, your arm is not short that you cannot reach out and save, Lord God, and deliver. We thank you for it, Lord. We bless you for it, Lord. Father, let us not take our eyes off of how significant the, the court is this week and next week, Father, that you've brought us right up to the point of, Father, being able to put someone on that court that we believe will stand for righteousness and be able to be wise in the laws of man and the laws of the kingdom. Father, you've just given us a wake-up to show us how important it again it is with the stymied court that we have, Lord God. Father, we do pray for the chief justice, Lord God. But Father, if he's not going to be a chief justice unto you, then Father, either change him or remove him, Lord, in Jesus' name. He doesn't deserve that title, Father. If he's going to be one that does nothing but allows his, his, dis, his, his, his disgust for the president in his own relationship to get in the way of how he rules and works. Or if, Father, his mind has gone to the point that, that, he, that he determines to, to give advantage to where advantage shouldn't be, then, Lord, he doesn't deserve to be there. For, Lord, on one, one hand, hypocrisy is the worst thing to judge with. So, Father, we just ask you, Lord, to do what you will do and to do it quickly, Lord. And, Father, not to allow us to be those who fall back. Fall back, Lord, from the fight now. Don't let us be, Father, as those that were around Uriah. Don't let us, Father, be as those that go out into the battle and then withdraw and leave those who are fighting fiercely alone. Let us be those who go forth. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you put a zeal in leadership and in the body of Christ and a conviction in the hearts and mouths of people that influence many and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, that, Lord, you put a zeal in their hearts and a conviction in their mouths that, Lord, they will speak and stand out and do as they can do in the pulpits and, Father, in the platforms that you've given that they could move mightily with those, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, your name is the name above all names, and Lord, nobody should withstand your name. Nobody, Lord, should be able to pervert your name. And Father, even though some laugh and mock as we say how bad it could be, we know, Father, you're not laughing and you're not mocking, Lord. We know, Father God, that you see what's in the dark. And that, Father, we do live in a perverse generation of people that have shut their hearts to you, that have made choices and decisions, Father, against even the laws of nature and the laws of creation, Father God. 
Father, we've asked you to forgive us. We ask you to forgive us for it, Lord. But now, Father, we ask you to do battle with us, to do war with us, Lord God. We don't want to just put on the armor, Father, to be able to stand the perversion. We want, Father, to put on the armor and to be able to beat back the perversion, Father, and to take back what the enemy is trying to steal, to give a legacy to our generations and to our children. That, Father, our children and our children's children, even as they're coming forth, if the Lord should tarry long enough, that, Father, they shall see righteousness and no righteousness, and that they shall see that there's a voice for light, and that light does bring victory, and that light is not something to be ashamed and to cower of, and that, Father, there is a true voice in the body of Christ. And that the word of God is truth and righteousness, that that is our breastplate, Lord God, that it covers our heart, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, to, to be able to move and do what you shall do. And we thank you, Father God, that you would work, Father, and continue to do a work in us, in all those that you've called that there be a clarion call that continues to go to the four corners of the earth, crying out now, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we're not a lone voice. We're a voice joined throughout the entire earth, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, we're not asking you for just one miraculous move. We're asking you, Father, for a flood. We're asking you, Father God, for a swell tide. We're asking you, Father God, for a spiritual earthquake. We're asking you, Lord God, that you move in many states and in many places, even here, even here, Father, in our own congressional district, Lord, that you tear down those, Father, who have stood too long and who are building their own kingdoms, Father. We ask you, Lord God, to move now, now, and to let people that fear you, Lord God, get into positions and then let them, Father, remember you and forget not your name in the places that they're called to, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, Proverbs 29, 25 says that the fear of man is a snare. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you that we do not have a fear of man. And Lord, we declare in this place, in this time, right now, Lord, wherever, we're, wherever this voice and these voices are going, Father, we declare it out into the atmosphere. We declare it, Father. We make our stand, Lord, and our stand is with you. We thank you, Lord, that you stand with us and we stand with you. Lord, we thank you that we are on the side of righteousness and of God and of what you want to do in this earth, Father, in the name of Jesus. So, Father, right now, Lord, we do, Lord, decree and declare that, Father, what, whoever is vocalizing God, defeat whoever is vocalizing fear, whoever is releasing those words into the atmosphere, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we uproot those words. We cast them down in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare faith. We are faith moving forward, Father. Father, we are doing what you have called us to do, Father, in this day, in this time, in this hour. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we will not only hold the land, uh, the line, we will take the land. And Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you that, Lord, we are pursuing righteousness. We are pursuing in your place. We are pursuing with what you have told us to do. Father, we don't care what man is doing. Lord, we declare over these races 
races. We declare, Lord, over these Senate races, Father. We declare victory, Father. And we declare, Lord, that, that we shall hold what you have called us to hold in the name of Jesus, Father, that your name shall be exalted. And Father, I'm reminded that you talk about a blast. And Lord, when the blast comes, the earth shakes. Lord, when the blast comes, there's fire. Lord, when yes, the blast Lord, comes, Lord, there's a the shaking and a quaking. And Father, there's a manifestation. Lord, there's a manifestation that comes from the earth, the depths of the earth, and it hits the heavens. And Father, it comes from the heavens and it hits the earth. So Father, in the name of Jesus, let the blast come. Let it come with fire. Let it come with glory. Let it come with your vengeance, Lord, on the workers of iniquity and the spirit realm. Father, we take authority, Father, principalities, powers, wickedness, God, that is trying, God, to overtake, that is plotting and scheming. We recognize you and we command you to be gone in the name of Jesus. We break up every alliance now in Jesus' name. Every wicked alliance that has aligned itself, aligned itself in the governmental realm, that is using voices in the governmental realm, that has positions in the governmental realm, we just remove you now in the name of Jesus. Father, we we are on your side. You are, you are not silent. You are moving in the midst. And Lord, we're not going to take our eyes off of you. Just as we look at the ark ahead of us, we are going with you because you, oh God, are moving in the earth. Lord, right now, we pray a conviction upon pastors and leaders and, and those, God, that are prophets and call themselves by titles of, of excellency, oh God, in the earth. Right now, Father, we pray conviction upon them. Father, let them be convicted, God, that their voices are to be heard by the Most High God and that they are to lead their people according to the Word of God, the precepts of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, and that they answer to you, O God. Lord, deal with their hearts now in the name of Jesus. Father, we tear down every thought, every fear. Lord, remove those who need to be removed and set in place those who need to be set in place. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, the great divide, the divide that is in the church. Lord, we break it down now in the name of Jesus. Father, we come against that divide in the name of Jesus. And Father, we, sir, we set the plumb line of the word of the Lord. We set the plumb line of the word of God in the atmosphere. We set the plumb line of the word of God in the heavenlies. We call forth the kingdom into this earth, Lord. Your word released into the earth, oh God. Father, and even people are losing heart because of a lack of faith, oh God. Father, we declare now faith. Now faith. Now faith. God, we declare now faith. And Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, as we declare a now faith, Father, I pray that you will speak in dreams and visions to your leaders and that, God, you will wake and quake. Oh, my God, let the fear Jesus. of the Lord flow into them as never before.
before. My God, we stand with you and with your word and with life and with, and with singleness of mind. My God, where they're losing heart, where they're losing their minds, where they're double-minded according to the snare of man, we break it off now. In Jesus' name, oh God, we break it off now. And Father, for those in the governmental realm that are planning and scheming, oh God, that, that the enemy is speaking to them. And Lord, I could just see it. It's like an intertwining of, of words and of things that need to be done. Father, in Jesus' name, we lay an axe to the root. And God, yes. we dismantle it now. We dismantle it according to your great name. In your name, we use your authority, your power, your dominion. And God, right now, we dismantle what the enemy has planned and let the secret things, just as you're speaking, Lord, the blast, it throws light into the atmosphere. A blast sheds light. Let the blast come. Let the light shed in darkness. And Father, break up what the enemy is scheming. Break it up, oh God. And Father, we believe. We believe we're in this place, in this time, in this season. And God, we are warriors and we are not yes, turning Lord. our back and running. And we yes, are not Lord. giving in. Yes. And we are taking back, oh God, in faith, Lord. We are taking back what you have already given us and what we relinquished. Now, God, be merciful. Give it back, Lord, as we stand in the gap, as we move forward, as we take what is ours for your kingdom in Jesus name and Lord God we we command perversion we command schism we command witchcraft out of the church in Jesus name we declare that the church will arise and stand boldly in this hour Lord God we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this and we take the kingdom by force in Jesus yes. name we thank you Lord that we will not cower and be weak but we will stand strong we will advance Yes. in Jesus name Lord we thank you Lord that your kingdom will come your will will be done on earth just as it is in heaven we declare it we're your children we're robed with your righteousness Lord and we stand fast we will not sit down we will stand up and speak the truth in love and we will see things change in Jesus name we will see our nation come back to God we will see revival we will see this election done in righteousness and come to a just conclusion in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, our hope, our confidence, and our expectation of greatness comes from you, Father God, because you are a great God and you are the only God. And we acknowledge you, we expect you, and we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in answering our prayers. We thank you for your constant love, your great mercy, and your faithfulness to us, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. In Psalms 37, it says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. And in Habakkuk, Lord, it says, 
for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens till the end. It will not lie. If it yes. seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not Thank delay. You, Lord, Lord, these are your words that you yes, speak to Lord. us. These are the words that you tell yes. us that we stand on as followers and believers of Jesus Christ, Lord. So this is a solid ground on which we stand in those same promises that brought forth Jesus Christ into our lives, Lord. I think of this Hezekiah blast, Lord. I think of this, this teaching even from the apostle tonight speaking of the the weapons of our warfare and, and putting on the full armor of the God, Lord, because when this blast comes, this blast doesn't just affect the evildoers, it affects all, but if we're wearing that breastplate of righteousness, we can absorb that blast and that's what this time's about, Lord, is about thank being you, able to Jesus. absorb yes, the Lord. blast, Lord, and we thank you that we have an apostle that will take the hits and that you've given them a supernatural ability Jesus. to absorb even, even in warfare, Lord, even when we wear uh, garments of warfare, they're not made to to stop from the, the weapons of the enemy injuring or hurting us, but they're stopped from penetrating us. So we thank you that you've given us uh, a guard against ourselves, this blessed phrase of righteousness that we can wear so we can absorb the, the hits as they come, Lord. So we thank you that, this, that our apostle is protected from those hits and you help them to absorb. We, we pray uh, in agreement for these five that come for the 5% that will be added yes. to our numbers and the 5% that will be taken from theirs that will fall away because of what you're going to do through the season of blast and these signs and wonders that you show in these times that we're coming into so we thank you for that we thank you for this hezekiah blast that's coming lord and we just say we stand on your word we we, we do pray against the division that's coming in the church you said that gates of hell won't stand against the bride lord this is your bride the church is your yes. bride, Lord. fight for her revive her bring her back to yes, together with lord. grace and mercy and love lord zip her back up as one strong unit lord whatever it takes and we thank you lord for using us and trusting us to be even here tonight and interceding on behalf of this nation, this nation that was was founded for the purpose of worshiping you. No other nation in this earth was founded for that reason, but to set apart a land where they could worship the one true God, and that's you, Jesus Christ, we thank you in, in your name. Amen. I want to lift up some of these uh, Senate races now, and rather than uh, passing it around, we're just going to make declarations and declare and agree and then I'm going to ask you to continue to pray especially on the ones that the Lord puts in your heart um, we we want to continue to pray for Joni Ernst and uh, you know the polls show her behind could be up to five percent or so but we're believing God for the five and the five in Jesus name um, she's a strong conservative Bible believing and we just thank you Lord and we declare a surge and we declare father that for each and every one of these that you would motivate uh, those that are walking father with a conservative agenda that are pro-life those voters father that care about the majority of the morality of that which is coming forth father you know how important it is uh, for this country at this critical time to have a Senate uh, that can be relied upon for some things, Father, that are conservative and for the things of God. We desperately need it, Lord. So we lift up Joni Ernst to you, Father. We thank you for that. Father, we thank you for James, who's running against Peters in Michigan. And no, Father, they have him behind, some say by 5%, some say closer, some more. Father, we ask you to bless, bless this man. 
And we ask you, Father, to raise him up as a voice there and to allow him to overcome all of the money that's being spent against him, Lord God, against an incumbent. Let him come forth, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you've been lifting up uh, Tillis, Lord God, and that it's showing he's gaining the ground that he needs. But, Father, we're not looking for a tie, Lord. We're not looking for an almost win. We're looking for him to overcome. Now surge him, Lord. Surge him, Father, with the five points in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you, Lord, to bless George Purdue, Georgia, in David Purdue, excuse me. And Father, even there, it's showing it, it, it's, it's too close. We ask you, Father, to surge him ahead in that state that you've been able to rely upon, Father, in the Bible Belt, to let them come forth and to show up, Lord, and to let Christians come up and vote and to make the difference, to stand forth for this man. And let those, Father, that are confounding and confusing and coming through, Lord, trying to seem that they're conservative, trying to seem that they're moderate, Lord, as the word is used. Expose them for what they are, Father, for there's no such thing as lukewarm that, that is acceptable to you, Lord God. Take it, Father. Take it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for Lewis in Minnesota, a little behind. We're asking you to bless and to move. We thank you, Father, that Martha McSally has been gaining some ground, but not enough, Father. We ask you to put a surge behind her in Jesus' name to overcome that money. And, Lord, to use Arizona both for her and for the presidency, Lord God, to let there be a surge that comes into that place, Father. And don't let them fall back, Father, in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord God, for uh, Steve Danes in Montana. And we ask you, Lord, to just help him to overcome. We thank you, Father, that he's just a bit ahead according to the polls. But, Father, that's not enough. We're asking you, Lord, to let the vote come through for him in Jesus' name and to bless him. We thank you, Father, that John Conroy is holding his own, but not by enough in a state that big, Father. We ask you, Lord, to let him surge and to come forth in Texas in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the wind that you're putting in the sails of Lindsey Graham. Yes. And we ask you, Lord, to just let him fly and, and come to a, 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 a soaring wind there, Father, and to let it be a validation in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for Roger Marshall in Kansas, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord, to preserve Kansas, Father, and to let Kansas be a message, Father, that goes forth and that, Lord, is, is able to stand strong in Jesus' name. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, for... Uh, once again, for Dan Sullivan in Alaska, Lord, let him go forth, Lord, in Jesus name. Now, Lord, there are some that would be saying that uh, that that the election in Alabama could be back up for grabs. Lord, even though Jones calls himself a moderate father, the bottom line is that he's not pro-life, Lord God, and he's not for the things that stand for us, Lord God, and the things we want. So help Coach Tuberville, help him, Lord God, to soar and seal that election. We ask you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we ask you, Father, to speak in the congressional districts across this land and to pick them out, Father, to let them be sleeper districts as well, Father. We thank you to bring forth and to turn that tide, Lord, to give us 15, 16, 17, 18 new congressional districts, Lord God. And let it be, Father, something that sneaks up and catches all of those by surprise to show, Father, a mandate in Jesus' name. 
We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father. We do pray for, uh, for our president and for the president in this forthcoming debate. Lord, give him wisdom. Give him temperance, Lord. Let him know when to speak and not to speak, Lord God. Let him be wise in putting out those things that are important and letting go of those things that aren't important, Father God. And we ask you, Father, to allow uh, uh, the truth to come out, the truth in many different areas to come out, Father, in Jesus' name. And we ask you, Lord, that you would stop the conspiracy and plot of any moderator. Even now, Father, as they're changing the game at the last moment, again, we ask you, Father, to let that snare, let that trap be their own trap and their own snare. In Jesus' name, Lord, give the president clarity of mind. Give him peace. Give him the mind of Christ. Give him wisdom. Give him charisma. Let him show the heart of a father to the nation, even the way he looks into the camera, Lord. Let it happen, Father. We thank you for it. Bless Vice President Pence and his wife and, and all of the families as they're out campaigning. Bless each and every one of them, Father. Strengthen them. And we thank you, Father, that you speak into the different factions of this country and they come forth. And once again, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bless and to move mightily on that sleeper state. Yes. Let it come forth, Father, and let everyone give you the praise and the glory and you alone, Father. Do this, Lord, for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen.